Hey guys, real quick, um, this is episode 43, this is a solo episode. Anybody expecting the um, equipment EP release show episode, even though that's the one I most recently recorded, I already branded it as the 50th episode, and there's a lot of editing I need to do, so that's not going to come out probably until late January, early February, so it'll be like a little special, like, oh, I remember that, cool, and it'll be like one of those things, so... That's not going to be ready for a little while. I got a few episodes to put out still in order to make that the actual 50th episode. Um, so just going to be patient. But until then, we got some really cool stuff planned. Uh, I think coming up this month, I have Ness Lake, or Chandler from Ness Lake. Who else? No Fun Club. I'm going on a podcast called Bottoms Up. Um, Andrea Doria, Anti Ghost is coming back, so we got a lot of cool stuff before um, that equipment Oriagami Angel Show episode comes out. But this is a solo episode, very chill. If you don't listen to it, it's cool, I understand. It's not that entertaining. But anybody who's interested in my year recap, you know, this is it is this is what it is. Thanks everybody for listening. Hey this is Brian, your host. I'm chilling in bed, literally under the covers, decided to do a solo episode. This is only the second time I've done this. The first solo episode was all the way back, if you remember, episode three, because I didn't have anybody scheduled, but I still wanted to make sure that I got an episode out every Monday, which I've since abandoned because I don't I don't care to do it on a set schedule like that it's just it's too much extra work to try and work it all out that way so now i figure i'll just i just release them as i as i finish them um so if, if anybody's noticed that there's like a lack of structure um as to you know or a lack of schedule as to when they're released if that bothers you i'm sorry um but you know i'm, I'm working on maintaining at least once or twice a week when i can um but anyways, yeah, back then I, I, you know, I had one band, Past Life from Philadelphia, which was like a spur of the moment, like, hey, I keep telling people I'm going to do this podcast, but I haven't actually done it yet. Would you guys be interested? <laughs> and they were like, yeah. So I kind of did that first episode with a band from Philly that was coming to play at uh, our drummer's house, um, at a house show that hit me up last minute. And I kind of like interviewed them without any practice interviews or anything like that. I just, I did that knowing that if I didn't just do an episode, I would never do it. So that was back in, I want to say April. I figured this, this episode, before I start getting into shit, I wanted to make this episode kind of like a 2019 wrap up you know i haven't been a podcast for a full year but the year is ending and i thought you know i would maybe i'd like to be doing this for a long time and so maybe at the end of every year we can i can just look back on all the episodes that i had in that year and just kind of talk about how the podcast has grown some of the maybe some of the cool moments some of the cool opportunities it's it's provided for me and just you know some of the cool people i've met just a, a year in review sort of state of the podcast address if you will um so yeah i'm just going to be kind of going scrolling through the episodes and kind of reminiscing to myself and maybe if you know if you're a new listener maybe 
um, you haven't heard a lot of these, so maybe that'll make you want to go back into the catalog. But anyway, yeah. So episode one was April 13th. And so Past Life is a band from Philly. They're like an indie pop band and they're the nicest people you'll ever meet. And uh, Justin, their drummer, hit me up. Um, I guess he found saw me on the DIY tour postings page because at the time I was booking uh, well booking shows not much but booking shows at a at a house venue that we called Atlantis which was my drummer's house um, and at the time he was cool with it so he hit me up because he saw that we were having a uh, a show the next day and this was like maybe 10 o'clock at night the day before and he was like hey I know it's last minute but you know, we have a day off on tour and we're going to be going through the area and we'd really like to play a show. Like, even if we play like a quick set at the beginning, we just want to play something. And so I was like, yeah, I mean, let me ask the guys, but I'm sure they'll be down. And then while you're there, do you want to do the podcast? Because <laughs> like, like I said, like I needed to just do one and they were all about it. So like, I don't know if they had, I don't think they realized until they got there that they were the first episode and then I wasn't as maybe professional quote-unquote as I made it sound but that being said it went really well I mean if you if you listen back to that first episode you can tell that I'm kind of working out the kinks I'm trying to like figure out you know what my style is going to be maybe or maybe I'm like awkward (laughs) honestly because I'm like I never wanted to be a straight up interviewer, but maybe I caught myself doing that. Um, but yeah, the idea was always that I just wanted to, you know, I'm a musician. I'm really curious about other musicians, like what makes them tick, you know, what are their lives like, you know, just everything in general that like, you know, shared experience, um, anything that I could see as a shared experience, I mean, with them, I'm, I'm interested in that. And I felt like if I had a podcast that would come through, you know, I was, I've the last year before starting this podcast, I was really, really into like comedians podcasts and I just loved the conversational nature of things. And I love how you could see the, you know, the real side of people. And, you know, I've said this on, on podcasts when I have guests a number of times, so I won't beat a dead horse too much, but I just felt like there wasn't, like, w- w- based on my limited um, exposure to the music scene, which was over the course of maybe a year, if that, I just felt like there was a lot of promotion, a lot of it was clever, and, you know, a lot of it was, like, internet memes and things like that, but I just... I'm interested in some of the deeper stuff. I'm like interested in who the people are um, that are making this music and like, what is the music actually about? You know, like what are they singing about? Like what is, what inspired it? You know, like what is, what are their lives like? And, you know, so that was the initial idea. And, but as I've, gone along you know i quickly realized like interviewing more and more people i quickly realized like it's not just the musicians you know there's this whole like nationwide village of people um with different roles you know like you got your promoters you got your photographers you got you know people who print merch Uh, i mean 
anything you could possibly imagine like that would go into making a show or making a tour happen like these people are all integral integral for the am i saying that right i don't care integral integral <laughs> not gonna edit that out too lazy integral to the scene and i figured let me interview all these people and paint a full picture of this music scene and you know the diy aspect of it really fascinating me but i'm not going to limit myself to that but so far it just so happens that most of the bands i've spoken to are diy which is really cool um and you you start to realize well, i started to realize like how just rich the community was with just different types of people and just like people who genuinely care about like all these great causes and like they just like kind-hearted people but business business savvy people and just driven people like some of the most driven people i've ever met some of the most like passionate people i've ever met have been through this podcast and some of the most talented people by far um so it's just been wild you know um so let me go back to my uh episode list here so yeah first episode was past life and then ship and sail was number two and i think i just hit up colin on instagram because you know i was just aggressively <laughs> searching for uh bands and trying to figure out like who was relevant like what band names were i seeing a lot of and then i would just follow them on instagram and hit them up and be like hey i have this podcast it's new blah 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 but i want to let you know, artists, whatever, um, promote themselves and like show their real personalities and hit up. Uh, Colin was one of the first ones because I thought ship and sale was a cool name. And, uh, Colin happened to be all about it. Um, he was, we, you know, we talked about a couple podcasts that we both like, like Pete Holmes, I think Crystalia, um, who both have great podcasts by the way. Um, but if if anybody goes and listens to Congratulations with Crystalia, um, I feel like my cover is going to be blown on where a lot of my humor comes from. So if you don't want to listen to that, that's fine. Um, but yeah, I, I, I steal so much from Crystalia. It's unbelievable. But uh, yeah, like the, so that was episode two. And by episode two, I realized like, wow, this could really be something because we had such a good conversation. Like it was you know, it made me realize that there were people like me that really did want to talk about all this stuff. I mean, not that I didn't know that, but I just wasn't seeing it from these musicians. I wasn't seeing somebody else who was trying to do what I was, what I was doing. And that's when I kind of realized like, oh shit, I may have like happened upon this, you know, this, this untapped, uh, well of, of opportunity. And, um, yeah, I mean, there there are other podcasts that I'm aware of that, um, you know, cover the musicians and things like that. But as far as I know, still, I don't know of any other podcasts that focus on trying to show, like, through interviewing not just the bands, but the people who make the scene work, um, you know, a full picture of what makes a music scene work and like what make different music scenes work you know there's there's definitely podcasts out there that are like probably 
have their finger on the pulse of the DIY emo scene better than I do. Um, and they're specialized to that and I'm not taking anything away from them. Like there's clearly a market for that an appetite for that. Um, but I try to, or at least my goal is to, um, not limit myself to like any particular genre or any particular crowd. Um, you know, just so happens that I've made a ton of friends in the DIY emo scene because it's like, to me, it's kind of the most accessible. It's like the easy, it was the easiest one for me to slip into based on like the music I was playing. And, um, oh yeah, I mean, and if anybody, if this is your first time listening to this, like I'm a musician, you know, I have a band, we play like emo indie music. So the whole thing, the whole, you know, I needed a way to meet musicians so that I could network and so that I could, you know, find people to play shows with. But, and, you know, honestly, like full transparency, that was the 100%, almost 100% of my motives for doing this was like, I mean, like, yes, I, I could, it felt good to be able to give, you know, the idea of being able to give other musicians a platform felt nice, but overall it was a hundred percent me not wanting to go to shows because I'm shy and awkward and I don't know how to, I didn't know how to just meet people just bad at it. And I saw the podcast as an opportunity to, to kind of bypass that and, and get me connections without having to do these socially. Um, I don't know the, the social things that I'm just not good at, but you know, as I started, the more episodes I did, the more people would tell me like, it's a really great thing you're doing for the scene, you know, and I'm, and I'm not trying to pat myself on the back, even though I just did. Um, it, it, it's just cool. What I'm, the reason I bring that up is because it's just so cool to me how much other people care. about like the scene itself and that that tells me that there's other people there's a lot of people that want this scene to grow that they're not in it just for themselves they're they're in it because they want to be a part of the community and they want the community to get bigger and and to and to be thriving and that you know that made me feel like the more people who told me that I was doing a good thing for the scene like the more I realized like oh there's probably an opportunity here for me to take this podcast and turn it in and make it more than just like a not selfish but self interest motivated thing like i've i've grown to be way more appreciative i i, I guess i've not appreciative that's the wrong word but i've gone from looking at the podcast as just a tool i can use as something I'm actually really proud of, I guess, you know, well, not, I guess I am proud of it. You know, I've gone from being an outsider, not really understanding how the scene works or, you know, how to get into it. I've gone from that and maybe like even being jealous I mean, definitely being jealous of the people who seem to be on top and who seem to have it wrapped around their finger. I've gone from all that to like genuinely like feeling like I'm a part of it and feeling like I I genuinely care about the the health of the community. 
like when I hear about things getting clicky or when I hear, you know, if there's ever any like issues with, with it, with the scene at large, I feel like I have a personal investment in that now. Whereas like before when I was, all I was doing was playing music and trying to get my foot in the door for shows. Like, you know, I was just worried about myself. I was only worried about like, you know, it's more of a, cutthroat approach not that i wanted to like screw anybody over cutthroat but like you know me first because no one else is going to open doors for you kind of kind of mindset whereas now i feel like in order for me to succeed the the community needs to be succeeding you know what i mean and you're much more likely to make it i guess if the community is a healthy one where everybody is pulling each other up. Like, you know, you're going to have your bands that are big that blow up. But I think a healthy community, a sign of that is when these bands that are blowing up, they start paving the way for their friends and for, for the, for the other bands to do it. You know, to me, it's not a competition. It's not like only one band from every scene or only two bands from every area get to be, huge i think especially here in michigan i think we have an opportunity to do something really special because there are so many bands that seem to be on their way to really making it that are friends with you know some of the maybe the lesser known bands but are still extremely talented i i just i'm kind of rambling but i i just feel like we have a very unique opportunity when you look at like the different scenes around the country at least that what i've heard of not that michigan's the only one or necessarily the best one but it's really really good by all accounts um and yeah what the reason i was getting at that is because yeah i I think i i i feel a personal investment in that and i feel like i have a voice in a way you know even if it's a small one i feel like I have some sort of influence. Like if I see an issue with with the music community, with the scene, you know, I feel like I have the ability to try and enact change and or, you know, try to be the change that I want to see and kind of show. I mean, it's so cliche, but with a platform like this, you know, it, it just is what it is. I mean, it's you get to you get to do that and that's something that i feel like i haven't really done much of yet i mean i've i've talked about a lot of things and you know i've had a lot of great conversations with people where we talk about like you know our opinions on the music scene and just things like that in general maybe some issues that we have with it and you know we've talked about ways that it could be better i'm sure like throughout different episodes but one of my goals for um for next year 2020 (laughs) who's counting right um is to start thinking of how can i use this podcast to not only promote individual bands promote the scene at large but how can i do how can i use this to make it better you know what are some ways where i can use this platform to maybe you know rally people or to you know just bring in new ideas to a larger audience than I could with just a band, you know. But anyways, saving the world one fucking episode at a time. Yeah, 
if you have if you can't tell I'm ADD, but I want to go back through some of the old episodes. So I talked about ship and sail. Um, after that was my solo episode where I don't know how I managed to get through an hour of talking to myself. Um, and then next was episode four was Kevin Rice, um, who was the person who introduced me to the DIY tour postings page and completely opened up Pandora's box for me. Um, had a really good time with Kevin. He's supposed to be coming back on the podcast soon, hopefully. Um, but yeah, definitely check out his band volleyball. Um, I think he's out in Kalamazoo now. Like they have like a, a new venue called greenhouse DIY. Don't quote me on that. I'm pretty sure that Kevin lives there, but Kevin's the type of guy where he could live in Kalamazoo, but he could also be in Nashville at the same time. Like literally, I think he can be in two places at once. He's, he has superpowers and a really nice Fender guitar, but he doesn't play it on tour because I think it's his dad's. So he plays a, uh, a squire covered in stickers. I mean, you know, it fits the aesthetic, but Kevin's a great guy. I really, he's a really good hang. Like he's, the thing I like about Kevin is, the thing I like most is that when you're in a group, he's definitely like a social butterfly and he'll talk to everybody. But like when you're hanging out with him one-on-one, he's still he'll still give you that type of, of like energy. You know, he's not just trying to put on a show. That's, I mean, at least that's the sense I get. Like, you know, there's, there's people when they're in a large group, they try to act, you know, they're loud or they want to be the center of attention. But when you get them one-on-one, all of a sudden they're not interested in showing enthusiasm. Kevin's not like that. So really good dude and very helpful, constantly trying to, um, you know, help bands find places to stay. You know, I don't know how many calls I've got from him. Like, hey, can you house this band or whatever? And I don't think I've really ever been able to do it except for when I had his band stay the night, <laughs> which was a good time. Um, but yeah, Kevin was one of the people that first introduced me to this idea of like um, community. Because um, I had always looked at music industry as just a business. But, you know, with the DIY and like my exposure to it i realized like what a like you help me i help you kind of thing so um then we had painted friends which is a really great band um it's actually my roommate jeremy at the time we weren't roommates um i just found out about him on craigslist when i was looking for bands to join after my band broke up uh <laughs> and they have an album called to feel the ache of old age and that Jeremy completely self-produced, did everything on it. Um, and that's on Bandcamp and it's really, really good. Like I was just talking to Jeremy earlier today, like he doesn't promote it enough. And he like, he was like, we are the worst band of promoting. Like you're not the worst band, but there's more things you could be doing. Um, but yeah, I'm going to do a little promoting for them because I, with this right now, because I really believe that their album is incredible and it's just one of those diamonds in the rough just waiting to be found um and then after that we had fallow land uh i'm not gonna literally go through every single episode but like you know some of these first episodes were the people that had a bigger uh impact on me from in the beginning which you know kind of it was it was a big help so fallow land was uh, is well is wit feinberg's band and uh i got introduced to wit through our mutual friend ej owens who 
I went to one year of college with and is my uh, one of my best friend's cousins. So EJ introduced me to Wit, and Wit has always been nothing but nice to me, helpful. You know, he helped me book shows. He was the first person to say, like, hey, let me record a demo for you guys. Like, he, you know, he was always super nice, always supportive. You know, if I had ever invited him out to a show, he would say, he would at least respond. And a lot of times he'd show up, you know, and just just an all-around good guy. And I really like his band a lot. And it was, I'm glad that him and his band got to be one of the first bands to come on because, you know, I happen to like them. Like, they're the type of band I would like them anyways. You know, um, I'm a big Minus the Bear fan. Their record was produced um, by a former member of Minus the Bear. It's very, uh, very chill, but like it's technical and it's, it's, it's vibey. It's, it's just good. You have to just check out Fallow Land. Um, and then, Summer Brews was my first, well, actually, no, it was my second touring band. The first touring band was Past Life, but Summer Brews, uh, Mike and Stan came and hung out, and they had a killer performance in my bedroom, and that's been one of the coolest things, as long as I'm reflecting. One of the coolest things about this podcast has been watching these amazingly talented musicians just chilling in my bedroom like sitting on the edge of my bed or like sitting on a chair across from me and just pouring their heart out you know like these amazing heartfelt performances like sometimes i was having them two three times a week just without even having to leave my bed i would lay in bed and interview people on top of the covers you know because i'm not a crazy person but yeah it I would always say too, I was like, this is the coolest thing ever. Like I'm not getting paid, but it feels like the coolest job ever. I wish I was getting paid. Um, eventually maybe one day, you know, that's, that's, that's in my goals. It's on my, my goal. Uh, what are those things called? The goal charts, goal, dream boards. Yeah. That's what it is. A dream board, get paid to do podcast, but Summer Bruises' um, performance on the podcast was one of the strongest, I would say. Um, and then, let's see. Oh, yeah. And then episode eight was with Scheme 13. Um, that was a big moment for me. Um, that's when I realized like the podcast was starting to get noticed by people because um, Phil Schufelt... Um, and Kyle Minch, they were running like this promotion, well, they still do like this promotion group called uh, Scheme 13 out in the Ferndale area. And they were trying to put on this block party with a ton of bands and like uh, activities and like an art battle and stuff. And they reached out to me and thought, you know, somehow they heard about my podcast and read read about what it was all about. And they wanted me to be a part of their festival. and. I mean, think about it. At this point, I've only put out like six episodes when they hit me up. So I was just beyond excited. I was like, oh my God, this is so legit. I'm going to be at like a real thing, you know, a real festival with like real promoters. And like, I'm I'm in, you know, it's just, I was so ecstatic. 
And I'm not trying to down downplay it by saying like I was ecstatic and now I'm I wouldn't be. I love working with those guys still and like I I still love going to do live events. Like it it hasn't gone away that feeling of like I'm a part of something and people want me to be there and they they value what I do. It's just it feels so amazing. Like I just recently did uh the equipment EP release show over at the Summit Shack. It was now that I think about it, one of the coolest nights of my entire life because I got it was a packed house. You know, I I got to play a set with my band you know, to a completely packed garage. It was, you know, you couldn't move in there. It was awesome. And after that, I got to just go set up in this house where everyone's just having a great time, just the best vibe, and set up my podcast equipment and just chill and talk and get to know all the other bands the way I would hope to do anyways. But I just so happened to do this show where I can have microphones and get it on record. And that was one of those moments, and I've had them so many times, but that was just the most recent one where I was just like, you know, one of those pinch yourself moments, like, wow, this is my life, you know? Even if I, you know, I I don't have a record out yet, you know, I haven't sold a single t-shirt, you know, no one, no one who's... I don't know, we're we're relatively unknown still. And I like I said, I I'm not making money doing this podcast, but just the fact that I was able to play a show like that with such great energy and have and and to be received well and have so many people tell me I did did that they liked our sound and then to be doing this podcast where everybody who was on it just it felt like they wanted to be on it and they enjoyed talking with me and like they enjoyed you know giving a little piece of their personality to the, my listening audience you know it it was just it's hard to it's hard to put into words honestly like how overwhelmingly grateful i am to be able to to live in a world where I can do these things. And I know that like some people don't have these types of opportunities. And I, I mean, the people who know me really well, they know that I'm, I'm humble and that I'm extremely grateful, but I don't know if I say it enough on this podcast. I am so full of gratitude for, I know cause I joke around a lot. I thought, you know, that's, that's kind of my thing. You know, I fuck around. I try to break the ice, try to make people feel comfortable, try to be the type of funny to where it's not side splitting funny, but it's, it lets the person I'm with know that it's okay for them to be themselves. Cause like, if I'm going to be this weirdo off the bat, that kind of sets the tone for like what other people can comfortably be. It's like, it's it's a, it's a safe environment for you to be yourself and be a little goofy and <clears throat> at least that's what I try to do. Um, but yeah, the, the point I was making though is like, I just, I don't want to be a hundred percent known as just like this goofball. Like I, as much as I joke around, 
I just wanted to make it very clear to anybody who's made it this far into this podcast that hopefully isn't too boring. I just want to make it very clear that I am so genuinely, sincerely full of gratitude for for you, for listening, for anybody who has shown any interest in this podcast and you know, anybody who's done anything to help my band, help me book a show, anybody who's clapped or said good set, even if they didn't mean it, if it made me feel good, I I feel extremely thankful. Like, I don't, I, I, I couldn't be doing any of this without the support of other people. I don't, I don't credit myself 100% with anything you know, like even, even like my songwriting when I, you know, I'm not going to dive too deep into like spirituality and stuff, but like, I feel like when I write a song, it's not, it doesn't require much effort. It feels like it just kind of comes to me. And I feel like maybe there's like a, a sort of like cosmic element to that, like a spiritual element to that. Like, um, you know, like the idea of like the artist as a conduit, um, for the for the supernatural or not supernatural but maybe just like um yeah maybe that's maybe that is the right word the idea being like you know you're just a conduit you're a vessel for like this music to come through that it's not a hundred percent coming from me because it's like i'm not i don't know music theory you know i'm not like sitting down and like meticulously writing out like all right what do i want this song to sound like all the songs that i end up having are the ones that just come to me out seemingly out of nowhere um and so i I really, I genuinely, and I, at the risk of sounding like pretentious or douchey or whatever, like I, I just, I really mean this. Like I don't even a hundred percent attribute the songs I fully wrote to me, you know, like obviously I'm the one playing them and I'm the one like fine tuning them and all that stuff. And yeah, at the end of the day, it's me writing them technically, but I just, the, the songs I like the most that I wrote are the ones that seem to I'm like, I don't know where the hell that came from. You know, I never really played those chords in that order or, or, or whatever. I was just like, where the fuck did that come from? It's not like, I don't feel like clever. I don't feel like, oh, good one, Brian. I was just like, I just feel gratitude for whatever, you know, whatever conspired in the universe to allow that song to come through my fingers and my guitar. I feel just incredibly grateful that that I got to be the person that people are going to associate that song with. And that actually has led me to really, really enjoy um, live shows, my live shows, because I feel like when, or at least this is my goal, this is what makes me want to be a musician more than anything else, is this idea that these songs that I write are things that other people can enjoy but I can enjoy with them because like I said I feel like they're maybe coming from somewhere else not just me so it's like if someone else hears something I quote unquote wrote then and and they enjoy it it's like I get to share that same experience with them because I'm not the type of person who is will write a song and then just and then hate it you know like or just like completely constantly talk down about like their songs i ha- i you know i really really like 
the music I play. And I'm, you know, I'm not afraid to say that. Like, I'm not saying we're amazing. I'm just saying to me, I love the music that I play. And when other people do too, it's great because I feel like I'm sharing that same thing with them. I don't feel like there's a, I don't feel the condescension. I don't feel like the, I'm the giver, they're the taker. I feel like we're all kind of receiving, you know, we're all kind of like sharing this experience. And the idea that one day, like once I have a record out and people can listen to it and hopefully like get to know the songs and want to come see me, you know, see my band play so that like we can engage in that, like that, that, that shared experience together over something that they're associating with me is amazing. That would be a dream come true. You know, I'm, I'm not one of those people that will deny wanting fame, you know, or, or money. I mean, yeah, naturally, if if I was truly successful, there would be some fame built into it. And I think that everybody realizes that, you know, everybody realizes that, like, there shouldn't be such a faux pas about saying you want to be famous. It's like, to what degree do you want to be famous? Do you, like, do you want to walk down the street and have everybody recognize you and, like, be the center of attention all the time? No. I mean, some people do, but that's not what I want. I don't someone just asked me this question yesterday like do you want to be famous like how famous would you want to be i was like well i would want to be quote unquote famous enough to where i can just live my everyday life not going unnoticed and and trust me i don't have any delusions that i'll ever be famous so don't get me wrong but um i just i would like to be quote unquote famous enough to where when i go to play a show the people people come to to concerts because they want to be a part of something that I'm that I'm putting out there and they know me there but it's not really about me it's about the music it's about this this thing this event this you know this cathartic um musical experience that i you know that's so different than me you know I feel like fame is a weird thing or would be a weird thing. I can't speak to it. Never been famous, but I feel like it would be a weird thing, especially for me. If, 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 if I woke up tomorrow or something and all of a sudden I was famous for some reason and people like looked at me and like fawned over me for this, like for the music I make, it would be so weird to me because it's, should be about the music right the music should be what's famous i'm just a guy and that's why i think it's weird to like over idolize musicians or just people in general because like when you see and I'm, i mean i'm guilty of this like you know whenever i see like ace enders like from the early november he's one of my all-time favorite you know musicians when i see him it's you know you get starstruck but especially when they're like when they're an artist though like that's just one part of who they are so to like idolize that person that person is really strange because when you really think about it there's so much you don't know about that person that it doesn't really make sense to like deify them so i think that would be like a really strange thing to try and navigate like if i ever did find that success 
And maybe some of you guys listening that are starting to find success, because I know I got some friends that listen to this that are either signed to some pretty big record labels or are definitely deserve it or should be on their way to that. Um, and maybe you guys are starting to deal with like, you know, people recognizing you, like when you go to a show or something like, they're like, Oh, I know you're, you're so-and-so from this band. And I wonder how you guys feel when that happens. If, if it, I wonder if it feels strange for you. And, um, I have some bands coming on that I know probably have had that ex- experience. I'm really interested to ask them, but I wonder what it feels like for you guys to, for people to, be excited to see you but you're not playing music so it's just like i would feel like i don't know what to give that person i I mean obviously you know you thank them like you thank them for liking the music but then it's just like now what that 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 the whole idea of that just makes me really uncomfortable and that that would be like something i wouldn't like really at all in fact like you look at bands like gorillas or daft punk when you know they're huge but they're anonymous it's it's just entirely about the music you know i'm sure like there's like uh 4chan like internet wizards who who know who daft punk really is or maybe all i need to do is search it and i can figure out who they are but just the idea you know that you know it's like using a pseudonym when you write a novel that that same sort of idea like it's about making the the music famous or it's about making the art well known is that's the important thing you know but we just it just so happens that we're the human beings that it would get you know that the art gets attributed to and it's like a natural social tendency for people to want to you know hold up the person creating the art at the same level as the art itself sometimes which i think is is just incredibly strange i feel like i've said the same thing about 19 times in a row so i'm going to try to move on but yeah i just think that's something interesting to ponder and i guess maybe i could tie that into the podcast a little bit like i've had a little bit of success with the podcast so far and something that's been really cool has been you know people coming up to me and you know i get a show and i'll be talking to them and i'll mention the podcast you know i'm not saying people come up to me like oh you're brian from the podcast no that i mean that's really not happening because i mean especially it being audio no one really knows what i look like unless you've met me um but i'll be talking to people at shows this happened a few times you know and uh we're just shooting the shit talking about music just getting to know a new person and you know i'll I'll mention the podcast you know, we'll be talking about different things. We do like, oh, you play in this band? Cool. Yeah, I do this. And like, I do this podcast. And then people will know it. They're like, oh, you're, you're, uh, Brian from the podcast. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, it's the coolest fucking feeling ever. But tying that back into like what I was saying before, it's, it's weird to, to be recognized f- for that because i feel like i'm not trying to make myself the one who's recognized i'm trying to promote the scene i'm trying to promote the community and i'm not saying it's it's been bad at it you know nobody's there's no malintent there's nothing wrong with it and i've enjoyed it i'm not gonna act like i don't enjoy people you know like getting excited that i do something and complimenting me i love it you know it's great um but it's it's also beside the point you know 
The point is I want to help this community, help it grow. And it's just been a, a really, really cool opportunity um, to be embraced by by this definitely the local community like there's not a show i go to around here anymore like in terms of like local bands diy bands you know um there's not a show i go to where like i don't know people now and that's if we're talking about a year in review at the start of 2019 it was the complete opposite there wasn't i'd be lucky to run into one person that i maybe recognized from facebook but they didn't know me but i knew who they were because i was trying to figure out who people were in the scene so that i could figure out who i should maybe try to be friends with just so happens i didn't really have to do any of that because once the podcast started taking off i got to meet all these people you know through interviewing them and actually become friends with them so i haven't had to fake it which has been wonderful been one of the wonderful perks of this now have there been episodes where the vibe wasn't a hundred percent as good as some other episodes yeah are there guests that i've had that maybe i don't hit up or i don't hang out with yeah and not because i don't like that person but you know everybody I mean, it's just a normal human thing. You're not going to hang out with everybody that you ever meet. You know, you're going to have casual acquaintances. You're going to have friends. You're going to have really good friends, really, really good friends. You know, that's just how it works. But for the, you know, I, I can honestly say that I, I mean, thanks to my, um, you know, I, I, I definitely have like an enthusiastic level of like enthusiastic curiosity about people in general. So I haven't really had to fake any interviews or any of these conversations. Like I, when I ask a question, it's like, I really want to know the answer. And sometimes it can seem a little monotone. I get that, you know, it can feel tired because it's like, I'll go on stretches where I notice, I don't know if you guys notice, but I'll notice that like, I'm, uh, I'm asking like the same questions every podcast or I'm saying the same things every podcast. And I try to be conscious of that. And I guess that's one way that I'm like reflecting and trying to be better um, moving forward. But I mean, for the most part, I try to keep every conversation fresh. I try to keep, um, I try to keep it light, but know when to get heavy, sort of thing. And that's another thing that I've kind of learned is like, and I'm still learning is like how to navigate the jokes, the bits, and how to weave that in with serious to where the podcast is actually listenable because it's, it's, it's a weird thing. Like thinking back to like the, the no fun club episode, we really had to reel it in because we were hitting it off so much as people just like hanging out, getting to know each other and having a good time. Like we, there was such a positive vibe and like a, such a, a good feeling in the room. We were having such a good time, having so much fun laughing that, it was easy to forget that, oh, we're, I'm supposed to be creating content right now. I'm supposed to be providing something, you know, worthwhile, meaningful. And, you know, it turns out that, like, some of those episodes, you know, people like to hear that, you know. Like, I think about, like, comedy podcasts. I like to hear people having a good time. Um, someone recently said to me that my podcast was a helpful 
you know, cure for loneliness because whenever they're feeling lonely, they can just put on my podcast and, you know, hear their friends talk about music for an hour or so. And that was one of the coolest things I've heard all year about this, you know, someone telling me that like I'm helping them get through, um, you know, just like a, a down time, a depressed time, lonely time. We all have them, you know, but to think that this idea I had has turned into something that could help somebody get through a moment like that. It's again, I, I just, I feel I'm incredibly privileged, incredibly privileged. Like it's, it's quite the honor, you know, it's, it's not lost on me. And I guess if there's any takeaways from this rambling solo episode, if any, like more than anything else, I just want to keep stressing that like, I feel so fortunate to have you all as listeners to be accepted into this scene with open arms by just about everybody, you know, and, and to, and to be celebrated for something that I wasn't sure. Like I, I, you know, I had my suspicions that this podcast was, was going to work out, but you never know for sure. But just the level of enthusiasm that I've been shown and support, it's overwhelming like you guys don't realize like how depressed i was before i i I started doing this you guys don't know how miserable i was just going through the motions i mean i was i wasn't miserable with every aspect of my life don't get me wrong but like in terms of like personal like my fulfilling my spirit you know like fulfilling who i am like at the at my deepest at my core like fulfilling that part of me was miserable wasn't doing anything felt like i had missed the boat on music um you know i've been playing guitar since i was like 12 13 but never had the the know-how to put a band together and and really hit the scene like we Brad, my buddy Brad, um, who we grew up playing music together, he's a drummer. I think we wrote some incredible music, personally. I mean, everybody says that probably about their own shit, but like, I'm still very proud of it. And at the time when we were writing it, we were extremely proud of it. But we we were really naive, or we just green. We just didn't know what to do. We didn't know how to like translate this music that we were making in basements and attics and and bedrooms, we didn't know how to translate that into like commercial recognition, you know, like we didn't even, we didn't know how to get a show. Like if we, if we could have got a show like playing in like a high school gym, (laughs) you know, with, for like four people would be like, Holy shit. We had literally no idea. Like the whole time I was going to U of M, there's been this DIY music like scene going on, like the metal frat and like all the co-ops. I could have been there, you know? So at the beginning of the year, I was just really beating myself up for not diving into music further, for not having that curiosity, for just for, you know, for silly things that you can't control. Like I just didn't know, but I was just beating myself up for missing the boat basically and, and realizing that, you know, a lot of the, the popular, um, successful acts around here are four or five years younger than me, some more, you know, and just feeling like, oh, I'll never, you know, I'm, 
I'm, I'm too far behind. I'll never get there. And, you know, just feeling really down and this podcast and more than anything, your guys' support of the podcast more than the podcast itself has completely changed my perspective on that. Um, you know, it's made me feel like all the things I want to do are possible. It, you know, it's, it's showed me that like, if I actually follow through with one of my ideas that I really, if I really think it's a good idea and I follow through on it till the end, which is something I've done with this podcast, but not a lot of other things. Like, I don't, I can't tell you how many records I've said I was making or, how many ideas for a record or an EP or like artwork, you know, how many things I've put out there and then never followed through on and then just had to deal with the embarrassment. So this podcast was one of the first things that showed me like if I actually follow through with something, then wow, it worked, (laughs) you know, it, it, you know, just made me believe in myself. And what made me believe in myself more than anything was the fact that you guys um, validated me you know, and you continue to validate me. Like, it just feels so cool. Like, I just feel like I'm, I always thought that this was kind of like music and, you know, talking to people and just like, I always thought that this was what I was here to do or like the thing that I'm best at. Um, but you know, I wasn't doing it. So I just felt like I'm, I'm not made to be doing the types of jobs that I was doing. I'm made to be doing music, but I, now that I'm actually doing it and I'm getting positive feedback, I, I just can't thank everybody enough. Um, I should just rename this episode. Thank you everybody. Cause that's, that's what I, that's what this year has been all about for me on a personal level. It's just gratitude, 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 just, to whatever higher power you believe in i'm agnostic but like i i definitely believe that there's something going on i I just i think you know i just thank the universe you know for conspiring to put me in this position to be able to not only help myself and by making connections and get my foot in the door for playing shows in my band but but to meet all these amazing talented people and that have completely enriched my life like a year ago I had, you know, I had my crew of best friends that I still have. Um, but like I was limited. Like I didn't have, like my friends are all like most of my friends are amazing musicians too, but like they don't, they don't have the same aspirations of like quote unquote making it in music. You know, they have other careers, like they're a lawyer, they're like salesmen, you know, they're doing things that you know, make them feel fulfilled. Something I wasn't getting, you know? So I didn't have anybody to really share that desire with, that desire to like really go at music. And now I've met so many people that that's all they want to do. And so thinking back to where I was at the beginning of the year to where I am now, it's just surreal like i sometimes i just like i'm a really emotional person sometimes i like tear up you know because like i'm a happy crier um but yeah like just earlier at the we played the blind pig with uh young adult fiction pursuer andrea doria and uh benthos um check all those out by the way 
Um, but yeah, we finished our set and, you know, people were clapping so much and I'm not, I'm not trying to brag. Cause like if anybody's in, who's been in a band, you know, you've heard people clapping, but it was just one of those moments where it was like my cousin showed up. I didn't know he was going to be there. Um, one of my friends I haven't seen in a while showed up like a bunch of my friends were there it, and that combined with the type of applause we got, you could tell it was genuine. You know what I mean? Like it, 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 it kept going kind of thing. You know, it wasn't just like end of the set, a few claps and then people, it dies down. It, it like, it kept going. I was just so, I was in shock in a way. I was, it was so surreal to think it was like one of those full circle moments where I realized that like, this is my life. Like even, even though I'm not even close to where I want to be, in terms of success and having a career in music at that moment. I mean, this is so fucking corny, but like at that moment, I just, I had that realization, like this is my life right now. Like, and I will always have this memory and I will always have this experience. I played the blind pig, you know, everybody says, Oh, Nirvana played there, but so many other amazing acts. I saw Kevin Devine on that same stage, just fill up the room, you know, and just be completely mesmerized. I, you know, Kevin Devine's one of my favorites. And it's when I'm standing on that stage, that's what I'm thinking about, you know? Like, I'm thinking about the history of it, and I'm thinking about what a unique and special honor and opportunity it is to be playing on that stage. Um, and so when everyone was clapping at the end, just like, it just... I was just overwhelmed with emotions. I didn't cry, but like I, I definitely had a sec where like a tear wanted to pop out. But luckily, I was able to turn and turn down and start m- unplugging my pedal board and, and distract myself. <laughs> but if I had to talk at all after that, I probably would have choked up because it was just so surreal. Like I said, even though I'm not where I want to be yet or even close, I, I was there. I was at Blind Pig, you know, I, I had that moment and that is so much more than I ever had a year ago. Or, you know, if I think back to high school, Brian, who, you know, played guitar every single day and, and thought he was going to play Warp Tour and thought he was going to be famous and all this stuff, you know, if you would have told that Brian that one day you'd be playing on the blind pig stage in Ann Arbor on a Saturday night and you get that type of ovation. You know how beside myself, I would never have worried. I wouldn't have worried about anything. I mean, I'm exaggerating a little bit, but like if I, if I would have known that that's where my life was going to lead me like to this day and to the present day, I was going to end up in that present. I, I would have just been walking on clouds, like just knowing that, whatever I'm doing, I'm on the right path, you know, and that's, it it felt like I was on the right path. And that's, I'm trying to tie this back to the podcast. Whenever somebody tells me that they like the podcast or that they're supportive of what I'm doing, it, it, it reaffirms this idea that I'm, I'm on, I'm on the right path, that I'm doing the right thing, that I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing you know, and some people don't believe in, you know, predetermination or whatever. I don't know necessarily what I believe, but 
I do, it does feel good and it does feel right to think that this is, these things that I'm doing are what I'm supposed to be doing more than anything else. Like, could I do other things and be successful or helpful anyway? Of course, you know, like I work for child protective services. I do a good thing, you know, but I just don't feel like, I don't feel in harmony when I'm doing that. The, the same way I do when I'm playing music and, and, you know, sharing emotions and like getting to know other musicians and helping them promote themselves. It's just this. Yeah. Sorry. There's going to be moments where I just have to like recalibrate, but it's just been surreal. Like if you, I was just telling my buddy Brad, like I think I was telling Brad this, maybe it was somebody else, but if you would have told high school Brian that you know 10 years from now you're gonna be playing the blind pig and you're gonna be recording a record with Nick Diener from the Swellers I would have thought no fucking way you know and now that it's happening it's just surreal it's weird like and I mean in the best way possible but it's like Nick Diener was like a local hero because the swellers uh they were like a linden fenton michigan band and i went to linden high school where that's where nick diener graduated so when i was in eighth grade nick was a senior and the swellers were starting to take off you know they're going on tours and stuff so like everybody knew the swellers especially all the band like all the little emo kids like we all knew who the swellers were and so if you would have told me then that I would be like cutting a record with Nick Diener and like hanging out and just like, you know, chilling in between takes, just shooting the shit and, you know, sending and like when we're not even recording, like sometimes we'll just like send each other, like I sent him a photo of a fucking leg lamp and just like had exchanged a couple jokes back and forth. Like that's, it's so fucking weird and surreal and crazy to me that this is and just yeah i don't know i really hope that this doesn't come across as like humble bragging but you know i just again it's i only say this because i i want to be the type of person that isn't afraid to openly show enthusiasm for things and to openly just be excited i think it's one of my least favorite traits is when people try to act like they're too cool for school for lack of a better phrase like when something's cool is happening to them they try to downplay it or act like it's not a big deal because it's like a faux pas to get excited or it's like a you know it's like a it's taboo to like to show how excited you are that is just so preposterous to me like i I don't know that I'll ever be that way. I have to, it's like, how could I not show my excitement or how could I not talk about these things that are happening that are so cool? I just, I don't know. I guess let me try and tie this into something that will make this worth listening to. Like it's not just all about me. Over the past year, I have found what makes me feel like I'm at 
peace and I'm at harmony with who I really am. And I think if anybody is listening and you're not there, I would just encourage you not to, I'm not trying to be like a guru. I'm not trying to over give, overly give advice or be a life coach or anything, but I just, I would just as a friend and just as a fellow human being, I just would encourage you to like really dig deep into yourself and think like, you know, if you could have your dream life, what would that be like? You know, I mean, this is so goddamn corny, but it it's true for me. And it's, 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 it's an amazing thing once it starts to pan out. So just, you know, think about like, you know, have audacious thoughts, like have, don't be afraid to, to kind of think outside of the box or like to, you know, start exploring some of those things that maybe you think are impossible and you, your mind won't let you pursue because you're too afraid of the, the likelihood of failure, you know, say, fuck it, go after it. You know, it's not that it's super easy all the time to do it. Like I've never, one, I've never felt better about the path that I'm on, but I've also never felt more insecure. And it's a weird kind of paradox. Like I feel so good about the path that I'm on because I feel like it's the right one for me. But I also feel like it's of all the things I could be doing, it's the one with the least, the smallest percentage of potential success. <laughs> so, cause it's, it's, there's so much luck involved in making it in music and there's so, it's such a grind. And like, I'm constantly dealing with these feelings of like not having it in me and like just not feeling motivated and just feeling just, like, ah, oh, there's just so much to do. It's like, why even try, you know? And like, you know, part of that's depression. And I see a therapist and I encourage anybody, any sane person should see a therapist. I think I believe in therapists across the board, you know, it can only help for the most part anyways. But yeah, I'm not going to rant about that all day. Do what you want to do. But therapy has helped me so much and I'm not afraid to talk about it. I think, you know, this day and age, it's it's pretty commonplace and it's pretty normalized to talk about mental health and things like that. And I, I love my therapist. I found a great one and like I look forward to going and it's just like a it's just like a a, a necessary and just fulfilling part of my routine. I absolutely love it. Can't recommend it enough. But yeah, I that being said, like, you know, I my days consist of all this self-doubt and just like sometimes I just don't do anything and you know there have been times where I go three weeks without releasing a podcast episode and I cancel a bunch of bands because like I feel so depressed and I feel so like incapable of creating anything worthwhile I just feel so down and I feel so like like you know, I just have these thoughts like, well, why the fuck would anybody actually listen to this? And I just tell myself like, this is, this is just a flash in the pan. This is just like a cute little thing that people like, and eventually it'll fade away. And, you know, I'll have to eventually settle for, you know, going to get my master's degree or something. And that's a fucked up way of thinking naturally, hence therapy. But, you know, I, I deal with that just like, I feel like a lot of people deal with that type of stuff. And I think when you start, and this is just a theory of mine, I could be completely wrong, but this is just what's true for me. When you start 
really being honest with yourself and you start pursuing the things you really want in earnest, there's a new level and a new type of fear that sets in because it's like you're admitting to yourself what you want. Once you do that, the possibility that it, it won't happen is so much more terrifying than if like you don't set very lofty goals and you're just kind of living day by day and just kind of floating along and just, you know, wherever the wind takes you, takes you and you don't really have like concrete goals for what you want to do or maybe you're already doing what you want to do or the thing you want to do is pretty easy um, relative to like trying to be a successful musician. But yeah, it, it's a, it, it's a very, it can be very debilitating and counterproductive and it's, it's really hard. And I think like, that's another reason why like us musicians and like us people in the, in the music community, like it's so important that we all support each other because I feel like the artsy types are the types that are more likely to deal with mental health issues and, you know, people who want to express themselves, <coughs> excuse me, through art are the people that have a lot of times like the people who have like feelings that need to be expressed, you know? So we need to like continue. And, you know, I feel like the art scene has been doing a really good job of this, but we need to continue to like, you know, stress the importance of checking on each other and, and, and you know, reassuring each other and, and, you know, lifting each other up. And that kind of ties back to something I said earlier about like the sign of a healthy scene is when, um, you know, the bands who are doing well, they lift each other up. And I think that that goes not just for like in terms of success, but in terms of just like mental health. Like if, you know, if you're at a show or if you're, if you have a bandmate and they're not doing too hot, like ask them how they're doing, you know? I mean, it's not, it's not complicated, just little things you can do. But like, I feel within this community, it's like a lot of us are maybe outcasts or a lot of us were, I mean, this is so cliche, but maybe we were like, we weren't the popular kids in high school, but we found our community now. You know, that's not really the case for me. Like I had a lot of friends. I was friends with like, I was one of those kids that was friends with everybody. So I wasn't considered one of the quote unquote popular kids, but I was friends with probably more people than the quote unquote popular kids were because I didn't limit myself to a particular group. But you know, a lot of us, regardless of like who your friends are, a lot of us, you know, dealt with insecurities, but maybe we found our group now and that's this music scene. So now that we have that, we need to recognize that, you know, all these feelings that of maybe of like loneliness or feeling like you don't fit in anywhere or, you know, just a lack of belonging, the type of things that maybe led you to find this scene and find your home here just recognize that maybe a lot of other people had the same or similar experiences and just be aware of that, you know, and just, just be compassionate and just, I feel like I don't even need to tell to say this because this scene has taught me a lot of these things. I feel like it's, you know, I'm like preaching to the choir in a way, but just in case anybody needed to hear that or needed to be reminded of that i just wanted to put it out there um wow this is getting pretty long if you listen this far thanks i mean i don't understand it but it's i'm just all over the place 
I'm just going to go through a few more episodes. So, oh, episode 11, Sword Fest. That's when I met the uh, Summit Shack homies. Love those guys. Uh, absolutely love them. They're so cool. Can't thank them enough for uh, letting me come down to Sword Fest at, at Bowling Green at Howard's Club. I invited myself, <laughs> told them about the podcast. They were super cool about it. And um, Trey and Connor just gave me a place to set up. And then they just kept sending me bands in between sets and it, i just met a lot of really cool people that's a really good episode if you guys want to listen to uh back to episode 11 um there's a summit shack festival over at howard's club so that was really cool um episode 13 was dog leg that was a good one um it was just chase and alex but you know dog leg is one of the you know most popular bands in the in the punk scene around here and they're blowing up and so it was cool of them to uh to come on my podcast when i was only 13 episodes deep and they were like you know uh a well-known commodity you know it's definitely like a favor on their part but very down to earth they didn't treat it that way they you know they were just chill they were cool couldn't be happier for the success those guys are having now um and you know since then i've interviewed the other members of dogleg individually uh parker and and jacob and it's really interesting to see all their different personalities how they come together to make this like force of a punk band you know if you yeah they're just i'm just really happy for them um and that's something i've had to learn to like not for them and specifically but just in general is like learn to be happy for people that are having success and you know just because one band is having success doesn't mean that yours won't you know it's it's not a competition i think the more positive or the more positivity you can put out towards that i think one the more likely you are to receive it but the more deserving you are of that type of positivity if you ever do make it you know so just keep that in mind i think and i'm telling this to myself basically because sometimes i need to be reminded um Episode 20, Anti-Ghost, one of my favorite bands around here, um, especially their live show. They're the type of band that I, and I told them this during the episode, like, it's not that I don't listen to their music on the record, I do, but it's it's seldom that I'm in the mood for that music, just chilling or driving or whatever, but when I see them live, it's one of my favorite bands to see live. And I think they took that as a compliment because it is, you know, they're the energy that they bring is it's just awesome. It's just a good, good show to be at. And at the same time, they're nice. Like they're really some of the most caring people you could meet, you know, like they really care about making sure everybody's having a good time. Everybody's safe. Everybody's okay. And, you know, they're the perfect example of a band that can, both promote safety security things like that but also go fucking balls to the wall and and go ape shit and have a wild you know aggressive set so they've struck that balance really well um and if you know if i'm skipping over your episode i'm sorry if you were hoping to hear about i mean i've i've really liked all the episodes for their own reasons you know like it's it's just like I'm just scrolling here and I've I've already been talking for over an hour and I'm, I want to like try to wrap it up because I feel self-conscious and I feel like people don't want to 
hear me talk this much <laughs> but uh let's see oh um let's see great expectations was a good one that was one where that was the first time my sense of humor was it kind of like my jokes died at the beginning of the episode like if you listen to that episode you can tell like i'm trying to be funny and it just like did not work <laughs> like they were they were like a serious bunch i think now that like i've i've like as the episode went on i think it loosened up a little bit that was that was one that was that tested me a little bit and this is nothing against them i think it's it it made me better as as a host to to have to you know kind of like change lanes on the fly sort of thing and ended up feeling like i got a lot of you know good information out of that episode and you know um austin from great expectations who uh he plays in the band and also produced the record he eventually is going to come back on here and we're going to do like a like a producer deep dive like where we talk about a lot because i have a lot of questions about music production sound engineering because i i can produce i produce my own records but i don't know the the, you know i don't know shit about sound engineering really i don't i mean i don't maybe the minimal basics but not nearly enough to make a record sound good i just know how to arrange and i know like all the aspects of production that those are the things that i know but like being someone who can produce, I really, really want to, I have a ton of questions about sound engineering because I'd like to one day be able to like have a studio, you know, follow the Nick Diener life trajectory where I have a successful touring band and then I settle down and have a sick recording studio in my basement. You know, that would not be the worst thing in the world. Um, th- yeah, then I, uh, 25, I had Kyle and Ellie from, reddits r slash emos e-word podcast that was pretty cool that was one of those things where that was the first time i did an episode that was uh it was skype that's the only skype one i've ever done um we ended up talking about comedy for way too long um but overall um r slash emo e-word podcast is really cool and they're one of those podcasts i mentioned um in the beginning of the episode about you know podcasts that have their finger on the pulse of like the DIY or like the emo scene. They're, they're more than just DIY, you know, because, you know, they interview big bands like they've had uh Christian from the hotel you're on, you know, they have, but they definitely are aware of the DIY as well. So if, if you're into that sort of thing specifically, I would definitely check out the E word podcast. Um, bombastic dream pussy, you know, Haley, Haley's performance was just fucking unbelievable. I'll leave it at that. We had a good time. I mean, that was a that was a good episode. This conversation, you know, there was plenty of joking around and plenty of like seriousness. You know, Haley's just got to get really inter- interesting personality, and the performance was just top notch on that episode. So go check that out. And then um, the one after that, twenty nine, was Joseph Shoe Photography, where I noticed Joseph was um, 
posting a lot of photos on Instagram. It's where I heard of him of like metal shows. And I thought I just loved the way he took photos. And so I invited him out because I wanted to have, you know, like I said, I wanted to interview more than just musicians. Uh, so I'm like, let me have a photographer on. And, you know, we really hit it off. And now he's kind of like the unofficial photographer for my band. You know, like whenever he can make it out to a show, I I trust him more than I would. I not Well, I can't say more than I would most because I haven't really had any like professional photographers try to shoot my band. But I I just I really, really like his style. Um, you look him up on Instagram, uh, jxu.photo. Um, and you'll notice if you follow me or my band on Instagram, whenever there's like a high quality photo, all likelihood it was, it was Joe that did that. So, um, definitely check him out. He's, he's a great dude. Um, Tyler Floyd, what can be said about Tyler Floyd? Uh, he gets great fucking guitar sounds that was a really fun episode the pat where pat ray episode was really good it was just like an hour and a half of just straight bits but also seriousness like pat is so cool pat does so much for this scene it's unbelievable and i noticed pat's cover photo on facebook today was like it's i think mike kinsella posted it but it's perfect for pat it's like it's strange to be a person that strangers make fun of online and i'm like Yep, that's 100% Pat Ray. Um, yeah, Tyler, Tyler Floyd. I'm all over the place, but the episode with me and Tyler talking, I think, was 33, no, 32, and um, we're we're pretty like minded in the sense that like we are, I guess, visionary is the word where we like have we're like the leader of our projects. And we're very specific and particular about how we want things to be. But, you know, we have a little bit different approach and different things. So, like, we kind of talked about what it's like to be that and, like, managing ego and managing, you know, having a bunch of people in your band that are doing a version of what you wrote and what you want them to do, but while also helping them to feel a part of it because they are, you know, and, and, and making that a genuine thing. Um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's been a, a ton of other good ones, guys, but I'm, I'm tired as shit. So I think I'm going to wrap it up. I will say that young adult fiction, I don't do, I don't do lists. I'm not a year end list guy, but in this circumstance, I got to say that my album of the year was definitely much too big to be a lap dog. And Tanner is one of the most humble and most talented people that I've ever met. Like his, I just saw him perform live and it was so surreal. I was like, dude, I know this kid. And that completely sums up the, just the surreal feeling I have overall of just like hanging out with these people and just, you know, just shooting the shit, just doing normal person stuff, just talking about random bullshit. And then all of a sudden a flip switch or a switch, uh, is that what they're called? Yeah. A switch flips. <laughs> and they're just this amazing performer, this amazing artist. And you, they remind you of what they can do. And I think Tanner is one of the biggest examples of that. And it, you know, it doesn't hurt that like I'm a fan, but 
yeah, that that's the best album of the year for me. I think I've talked about it before. Um, that was episode 42, the one right before this one. So just go check that out. We talk all about it. I'm not going to do it more, but yeah, for me, that was, that was numero uno, one of the most unique recordings I've ever heard. And just, masterfully done just masterfully done and he's so humble about it almost to a fault because i think he needs to promote more and i think tanner if you're listening to this you're good enough to i think push push more like i think if we talked about this at the show i was asking like if you have like would you like to be able to like play music for a living one day and he's like yeah but you know you could tell that he didn't really think that it was like all that possible, you know, or uh, it seemed out of reach, but everyone I've talked to that's seen Tanner and including myself, it's, it's way more in reach for you than you think. Cause you're so fucking good. Like it. Yeah. I just, I'll leave it at that. I'm not going to just turn it into the Tanner show, but you know, he deserves praise because he's humble as shit and it's genuine. Just, just an all around good guy, model citizen, model DIY citizen. Um, anyways, Thanks for anybody who made it this long. Um, yeah, I'm not going to edit this out because <laughs> it's just like a really casual episode anyways. But um, I once again, thank you everybody for everything that you've done for me in this podcast in 2019. And uh, I really... I really have some ideas to, to really start growing this thing for real in 2020. And, um, you know... When those come about, I'm going to need more support, and I'm pretty confident that I'll have it from you guys. So I really appreciate it. And if any of you have not been on the podcast and you want to be on, just shoot me an email, invite the neighbors at gmail.com. Um, follow me on all social medias, just at invite the neighbors. And I think on Twitter, it's at ITN pod. Um, try both if you can't find it. Um, and even if you've been on the podcast before, don't be afraid to hit me up come on it again because i want to show how you've grown since the last time like i want to show how bands like i kind of want to chronicle the growth of these bands that become my friends you know i want to see like i want to watch them become successful and have the podcast be a little bit of like a audio documentation of that happening so don't be afraid to hit me up you know the worst i can say is like it might not be a good fit but i've rarely ever said that like i almost never say that so just don't be afraid. I'm nice. I'm really curious. I'm really interested in all kinds of genres and things like that. So just because you might not fit on, on a bill with my band or one of the bands that you've seen on my podcast doesn't mean that I won't have you on. Um, so yeah, thank you guys for listening and um, looking forward to many, 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 many more of these.